Welcome to the Men Matter Focus on Friends, the Director's Cut. On the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, we give a fast five questions to organizations and resources that are particularly helpful to the spiritual man. Here, we go a little deeper with our guests and for you, the listener, more information and a better understanding of their mission. And now for the Focus on Friend Director's Cut. This is Robert Koshi from Men Up here with Senior Captain Bobby Delgado, who is chaplain of the Houston Fire Department. And this is the director's cut of our interview with him. Thanks for having me on the show, Rob. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. So what is the purpose of the chaplain in the Houston Fire Department? Well, my job is to provide uh, emotional and spiritual support to our almost 4,000 members. Well, so when did you get the position and really how long have you been in it now? Well, I've been with the fire department 17 years, and we had a chaplain when I came in. He held the position for 20 years. He retired last year, so I started February of 2019. Okay, so so do you do this in addition to running out and fight, fighting fires? That was the one question I did want to ask you and forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a good question. My primary role now is chaplain, so the Houston Fire Department is one of the few departments anywhere that has a full-time dedicated chaplain. Uh, so okay. as of February last year for the Houston Fire Department, I don't uh, run into burning buildings anymore. Okay. So what, what do you think the big differences you've made as chaplain? Well, I, you know, one is I, I hope I've made a difference, but one of the things I did was I expanded the team. I, I created a team model with a chaplain where it was just one full-time guy. Now there's a team of 16 of us. I, of course, am the full-time guy. We've got another who uh, works days with me who does some other things, so he's more available than the rest are out in the field. Okay. And how do you contact, get involved, or what can men do to support the chaplain ministry of the Houston Fire Department? Well, definitely the first thing anyone can do is pray for us and pray for, for your first responders in general. We go through a lot. We see a lot. Uh, so there, there's some strains on the job that are there. The second thing is, uh, one of the things that I've created is a church partnership program. And so we're asking churches, small groups to come alongside a fire station, adopt that station and build relationships with them in, in hopes that you get to pray with them and share the gospel with them. Oh, that's fantastic. So appreciate it. So what do you see as the current state of men of faith? The current state of men of faith, well, I, I think the current state is we need men of faith to stand up. I think we've seen uh, men of faith kind of jump on some political bandwagons and kind of abandon uh, good sound doctrine and teaching. And so we need men to stand for truth, to stand for morals and ethics, but all that goes back to being biblically sound and based and, and not wavering from that and speaking that truth. Uh, to the culture, no matter what is going on in the culture. So when, when you say speak to the culture, kind of give a couple of examples of that. Ooh. <laughs> that that's, one of, that's one of the man-up things that we've talked about a lot is, is how, do we, how do we express ourselves as man of faith with the culture? And so I'd, I'd really like to hear your take on that as you go through. Well, there, there's so much going on right now. We have, we have these, these racial issues going on. And so we, we know that we are all created in God's image. And we, uh, instead of promoting strife and division, we should 
be striving for unity. And of course, we know that only God and only Christ, the Holy Spirit, can change our hearts and minds. And so we look to him to be the one, the source of our problem. I think uh, what it boils down to a lot is we, I think we, I say that in general, men of faith and, and, and some Christians have bought into the concept that man is the solution. And once we do that, then there's no, there was no need for Jesus. There was no need for the cross. So we, we've got to get back to he is the solution to all of our problems. How, how do you see that experience with engaging the culture? How has that really changed over the years, you think, for men? I, you know, I think if you take evangelicalism as a whole, initially I think it did really well, but uh, it definitely uh, catered to politics and especially uh, conservative politics. And so now you're starting to see some backlash of that, where you had your mega church movement and you have these people. So now we have a whole generation now who is fed up with the church because the church got into politics and shouldn't be in politics in my mind at all. That doesn't mean we don't vote and doesn't mean we don't run for office as Christians. But uh, when you start inviting people into your church uh, to spew a political agenda um, instead of a kingdom agenda, well then we're gonna have some issues. And so I think we're seeing a lot of that backlashes and now even, you know, evangelicals now taking sides with uh, the whole BLM movement, which is is anti-God, is anti-family, uh, it's, it's anti-everything uh, that God stands for, for the most part, with the exception of racial unity. But how much discord is being uh, placed, you know, in the name of that organization? And, and I'm going to ask this only because you made that comment, and this is audio only, so people don't see us. Can you give us your ethnic background? Because I want to make sure everyone's aware yeah. of <laughs> so, whenever that happens. <laughs> ethnically, uh, I am a mud. If you look at my uh, ancestry DNA <laughs> pie chart, uh, it, it looks like a color wheel. It's, it's quite amazing. Uh, I've got really dark skin. Uh, got a lot of Native American, Afri African American, Italian, Scottish, uh, European Jewish. I am kind of, I, I am America. I am the product of America and the melting pot. So, it, but <laughs> I definitely am on the darker um, spectrum of skin color. Okay. I, and, and, and I'm going to ask this because Bobby and I have a, have a little bit of a past. I was actually a Sunday school teacher when Bobby was finishing college up. He was the youth minister at our church. And I was actually present <laughs> when he made a momentous decision in his, in his life. So explain <laughs> you your wife's up. background as well. So that way, I mean, I, I just, I really like making sure that our entire, our audience is totally aware that when you make a comment right. on BLM, that, hey, <laughs> I, A, I've got a dog in the hunt, and B, my dog is pretty, pretty, pretty status <laughs> with this. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, Rob. You were part of that, and we were uh, definitely a multi-ethnic church and a multi-ethnic youth, youth group, actually. Probably um, maybe more African-American at the time than anything else, but definitely a mixed group. Yeah, and so I'm married to Jen, been married 20 years. She is, she is Caucasian, she is white, and um, we have six beautiful children um, who are biological children, kind of are, uh, all look something different. And then we've adopted one, uh, well, actually two. One, our oldest adopted son, is he's 14, and he is 
Um, he looks black, uh, but his mom is Mexican, his dad is Sudanese. And then we just last year adopted a little Chinese boy from China uh, who's four years old. Uh, so we, we joke that our family is the United Nations. <laughs> That's great. And thanks for letting me thanks for letting me go off script there a little bit. When you did that, I was like, no, well, I want to cover this. Um, <laughs> what do you see as the biggest challenge to getting men involved in faith and confronting the culture and doing the other things? You know, I, I think it's just being direct. You know, I've worked the fire service is a predominantly male-dominated thing, and we, we have uh, more more women than ever before, but it's still uh, at the core, at the root, it's predominantly male-oriented and driven and alpha male-oriented and driven. And so in, in my culture, in, in my settings and at the fire station, uh, there is no more direct talk than at a fire table. And um, definitely it's not talk that you, you want around women and children, but people say what's on their mind, they have, we have a set of morals, we have a set of ethics that people live by, and it might not be grounded in truth and grounded in scripture, but they have a, a definite sense of right and wrong, and they live by it. And men, is, men of faith who have the holy scriptures, who are guided by God, we should live by those principles, not apologize for them, and be direct about it. And I, I think in doing so, that draws men to that. Men want other men to lead them. Uh, there's a there's a show one of the fire shows on on Fox. Uh, they had this um, this quote where they were recruiting uh, new members, and when one of the members said, I, she said uh, she was uh, getting into a lot of trouble, a lot of different places, and and wasn't fitting in. And she said, I'm I'm allergic to poor leadership, and that really stuck with me because I feel like um, in the end that that's what it's about. We need strong leaders. We need men to step up and rise up take their rightful God-given place in their families, in their homes, in their communities, and to lead and lead well um, following Christ. So what, what changes has men of faith do we need to make to kind of encourage that place where men know that, hey, it's my job to take that role as a leader? Well, I, I think we've got to start talking about it again. We got to start living it. We got to start doing it. We, you know, discipleship is bringing other men alongside and, and it can happen you know anywhere you know and men you know I, I like to fish I like to hunt I like to work out and so it's inviting other men to come be a part of that and in doing so you know being invested in each other's lives challenging each other I mean part of what makes men and what, what used to make men was other men older men challenging younger men to rise up to be tougher to be stronger whatever it is, whether it's on the football field, whether, whether it's, it's on the war field, or whether it's on the fire ground, older seasoned men challenge young men and build them up and bring them up to a level that is acceptable for them to do their job. And we've got to do the same. We've really got to start investing in whether it's, a, it's young in age or it's young in, in spiritual maturity, but to really invest in them and, and to challenge them. Okay. And so what's the future? What do you see we need to do in the future as, as we're moving forward? Has, has men of faith and in, in, in this, has, as you've even noted, has we've looked at a culture that has, I don't know if we've ever had a Christian culture, I like to say, but we're yeah. definitely in a post-Christian, Christian values are not held in esteem nowadays. So has men of faith 
how do we move forward in the future to engage each other more than mm -hmm. the culture? Because I'm kind of with you. I agree with you. We, we made a mistake of trying to influence. We made a mistake of trying to change the culture versus trying to change people mm -hmm. as we move forward. So how, how do you see the future for men of faith? Well, I think it goes back to who is God to you, you know, and, and what is the gospel to you? I think when we lost our way, you know, we lost the fact that the gospel is enough. Romans 1.16 says you know, that, that the gospel is the power of God. And, and so it is that. It's not anything else. And, what, you know, once we leave that, you know, once we leave the goal, we leave the mission, then we've lost our way. And so it's, it's simply coming back to that. And I'm reminded over and over again in the scriptures that, that God always has had a remnant. Even when we feel like, oh, man, there's, there's no one else around. God has always had, you know, he, he wins. You know, we know the end of the book. He wins. He will always win. And so I think, you know, when we see ourselves losing that ground, it was never ground for us to have. You know, our job is, is to share the good news of Jesus and, and period. Anything else, you know, is extra and, and it's wonderful. You know, we should do good works and good deeds and we should serve our communities. We should feed the hungry and the poor. But if we don't share the gospel while doing those things, then we have missed the mark. So it, it is getting back to the simplicity of it all, the roots of it all, and saying we're not going to compromise on that. So when you're ministering to men in high-stress jobs, in particular, um, you know, because I, I, I can't think of anything more high stress than firefighting. I'm sure they're there, maybe soldier, maybe police officer. But how does faith help with that? And how does it address the vulnerabilities that those men face as they go through? You know, the vast majority of our, not, not everyone, you know, claims to be a person of faith. But, it, you know, one, it, it's helped that I have walked in their shoes. So immediately that breaks down barriers because they know they're talking to somebody that has gone through some of the same things. Now, maybe life-wise and, and the, the road they're walking right now, not, but they know because of that, I'm a brother and I can walk through that. You know, and God gives us, you know, spheres of influence for a reason. Um, and so whether it is here or that not, you know, you have these spheres of, of influence that God has placed you in, and we have a responsibility to do that. So that breaks down the barriers, knowing that I have been a fireman um, and have done their job helps tremendously in doing that. Uh, but, you know, when, it, when people are at their lowest, that's when they're more ready to accept um, a word from God and, and a prayer and, and just a voice of hope. And so that's, to me, it's a blessing to be able to walk alongside my brothers and, and sisters when they're, they're at their lowest, because it, that really is, is the right opportunity for me to, to share um, some hope. And, and our hope is found in Christ alone. So has, has you ministered to all of those, to those groups? Obviously, you focus on the firefighters themselves. Do you do much with their families? And, and how does that intersect with men of faith that you look at it? Um, you know, where there's opportunity to do that, because there's only one of me and only 16 of us, once you start getting families, it, it grows. But um, we understand that it is 
necessary for us to do that. Uh, one of the things that I was able to do is we partnered with uh, Bethel Church here in Houston, and they offered uh, free uh, marriage classes. And so that's one of, one of the ways where it's like, hey, you know, we have, I mean, the statistics are ridiculous. I think it's 80 or 85% divorce rate amongst first responders. And in, for a lot of different reasons, but if we can offer them a class to work on, say, hey, work on this relationship, your marriage, because nobody really wants their marriage. No one goes into a marriage thinking, I want this thing to fail. We all have these hopes and dreams that it's, it's you know, happily ever after. Now we know that's easier said than done, but when you give them the tools that, that are rooted and grounded, once again, in scripture, it's amazing what God can do. And so we were able to have uh, one class and then we did one virtual class uh, once COVID hit. But that's one of the things. The other things we're really working on is um, giving wives uh, um, definitely a voice and talking with our union, doing some family events to where uh, we're ministering to the, the entire family. Um, those are in the works. That hasn't really happened, but it is on our radar as it should be. So and, and you mentioned this earlier, and I kind of want to circle back to it. So you talked about taking the chaplain role from being one chaplain to being a team concept. How important is that, you think, for men of faith? Uh, you know, being on, being on a team, and it, it's vitally important. I mean, we can't do any of this alone. And of course, we understand that God's with us, but he's created us for community. He just created us for fellowship. And when you're on a mission with other men, you share in that. And there's accountability in that to where uh, they keep me in check. We keep each other in check. We pray for each other, right? So there, there's so much more. It's so much uh, more enriching and, and meaningful when I do have a team behind me that we work together for the common good, who now we have different ideas and different ways of looking at things. Um, when we have our meetings, we, you know, that we can really get the full effect, uh, you know, whether it's, it's targeting a problem or praying for a problem or, or just sharing life. Um, we now have a broader spectrum and a lot more voices speaking into it than just my own because, you know, it, it's easy to to get lost in that and and to 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 move in a direction that can be the wrong direction. Not to to say that I would, but you know, I can definitely see how um, you get a lot of guys um, who fall because they are walking it alone and don't want anybody with them. And so, finally, what do you see as being the major payoff of being a person of faith? I mean, Jesus, uh, that, that, that is the major payoff. Like you don't know what you don't know, but um, to know that he is always there, you know, um, he promises that we will have hard times, but he promises that, that he will never leave us. And he gives us the strength and the peace and the courage to walk through whatever it is in this life, whatever this life throws at us. And, and for me, that, that is it is, you know, I can have a relationship with God because of what Jesus did. And, and he gives me life now and life eternal. You can't beat it. Okay. And one last thing. So you mentioned earlier wanting to get churches to partner with the various fire stations. And so our podcast is nationally, if not internationally, people listen to us. So how can people get in touch with you where you're able to, tell them, hey, here's what you need to do. So what's a good way to contact you to kind of explain that program to people if they want to? 
Yeah, well, we you know emails definitely easy. You can find me all over social media, Bobby Delgado, on um, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, you name it, I'm there. Um, email address. So we have a, a I have my own podcast where we I get to interview other men and women and first responders, military of faith called Faith of Our Heroes. And if you uh, you want to email Faith of Our Heroes at gmail.com, I'd be happy to get with you. Definitely always looking for um, people of faith and those uh, those job titles to come and share their stories. Um, we have a, a, devotion, a weekly devotional called the Firefighter Devotional. Um, and you can find that at the firefighterdevotional.blogspot.com. And I mean, there's, there's a digital footprint. So anybody who wants to find us can find us. And, and if you want to find me to, to criticize me, that's fine too. I might uh, pretend I don't know who you are. <laughs> That that's great. Oh, I, that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so, that, Bobby, I really appreciate you taking the time with us. What's one word you would give to all men out there, be they first responders or men who aren't first responders? What's kind of the final word that you would give them? Just stand, stand for something, stand for principles. And if you're, you definitely, if you're a believer, stand, stand for God, stand for him and his truth and his scriptures and everything else will fall into place, but stand, stand firm. Perfect. Thank you. Once again, this is Robert Koshy with Bobby Delgado, senior captain for the Houston fire department and serves as their chaplain for the men matter interview sponsored by man up media.